The Vision app is the best place to find a growing range of homegrown, on-demand audio to help you look to God daily. You can listen to Faith and Fostering with Christians chatting about foster care in an Australian context. Plus, be encouraged by Pastor Terry Nightingale's four-minute devotions with new episodes added each week in the free Vision Christian Media app. If you don't already have the app on your smartphone or tablet, download it now from vision.org.au slash app. Vision.org.au slash app. Vision. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. You might recall in some earlier days, we were talking about a men's ministry that had come to Australia called the Fourth Musketeer. Well, the Fourth Musketeer started in the Netherlands back in 2008. And interestingly, it was the idea of a woman. One evening, Ruth Storvogel asked her husband, Hank, why don't you start something with men? And not an ordinary men's ministry, but a movement unlike any other. And Hank responded, you're right, we'll do it. And he called it the Fourth Musketeer. And so a new concept was born that was inspired by the fourth musketeer, who you'll remember was known as D'Artagnan. Well, Michael Oon is the national leader of the fourth musketeer. He's the CEO in Australia. He's joining us for an update on how things are going. Hello, Michael. Welcome back to 2020. G'day, Neil. How are you? I'm very well. (laughs) You know what? This idea of a fourth musketeer, it certainly does capture the imagination of every boy who loved the three musketeers when they were growing up. It's got a great connection for men's ministry. It is indeed. It is. It is all about um, inspiring men, um, particularly the men's heart, and uh, and and to to just basically push them into 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 challenging the limits of how far they can go. And when you talk about challenging those limits, what you do is you take men out into the wild. Uh, we might say the outback, uh, although I know where you take men at the scenic <laughs> rim uh, there in southeast Queensland. And actually, it's quite a beautiful part of the world. But you are out in the wild and there aren't any support networks. You've got a whole bunch of men and something's happening in their lives. You know, the, the, Neil, the, the core of a man's heart is undomesticated. The masculine heart needs a place where nothing is prefabricated modular, non-fat, zip-flock, um, microwavable. It, it is, that's where the wilderness is where man flourishes. It's a place where I think um, when they're at work, when they're at home, they have to probably behave in a certain manner to comply to certain protocols. But out in the world, there's that freedom. And then you become who you are, and the real you comes out in the wilderness. Well, when you're ministering to men, oftentimes men will be coming from, uh, you know, the maybe it's a, a city environment. Uh, media is everywhere. Uh, their mobile devices are the things they rely on, maybe for their work, maybe for their social interactions. Uh, there's a busyness about life in the city or in even a town where you're surrounded by the people that you typically mix with. But when you get out in the wild, uh, it's a different kettle of fish. What happens in the life of a man who decides to switch off the mobile devices, to get away from uh, all of the hustle and the bustle of the city and be out in the wild? 
in, in a sense, uh, looking for an encounter with God. It is a funny thing for many men, um, while they yearn for adventure and their heart says, I, I must get away from this. But the moment they go into this hiking expedition with us, when their phones are taken away, their wallets and their, um, their car keys and all the, the things that they so um, depend so much on, on, on um, propping and supporting their life, all of a sudden they start to lose that control. And the, the minds start to play games in, in their heads to say, what's going on next? Where am I going? What's happening? Um, and, and, and all of a sudden, all the noise that, that permeates their whole life in their mind and their, in their soul starts to become quiet and, and there's silence. And, and, and then they start to feel very uncomfortable. That's exactly what we want to start them off. And then throughout their journey, they, uh, they, they get challenged in different ways and uh, they get become even more uncomfortable as they go on because they're not just physically being challenged, mentally they are going through the same phase as well. You know what, Michael, we love our comfort so much that some people will say, that's a little bit too confronting for me to be put into an uncomfortable place. Uh, and, you, and to hear you just reflecting that, and I can see the smile on your face. Uh, we want to make people really uncomfortable. But there's an element of men who love the idea of that sort of discomfort, who love the idea of roughing it. And that is something, as you're saying, is something that is common in so many men that they miss out on often. You know, I think the, the, the current situation where they're in, in terms of they've been conditioned in a working environment on their lifestyle, they feel uncomfortable, but underneath it, inside every man, there's a real desire in their heart really to have basically for three things, a battle to fight, an adventure to live, and a beauty to rescue. Okay, that's deep. We'll get some more about that in just a few moments. But today, you've actually brought with you uh, one of the musketeers. And so people that have gone through this extreme character challenge, they come out the other side called musketeers. Well, you brought a musketeer with you today. And so a special welcome to you, uh, Jeremy Morse. Uh, you're a musketeer. Jeremy, how did your experience in the wild go with the extreme character challenge? Uh, it was great. There's some things that I'm. Michael's told me that I'm not allowed to say to everybody, but I think the experience of having, um, as Michael was saying, having all those comforts taken away from you, having your your nice bed um, and you know maybe someone lying next to you who's you know comfortable to be around, and um, having food that is in the cupboard and having water that comes out of a tap and showers and all that sort of stuff, it gets taken away, and then all of a sudden you're thrown into walking in the middle of the night and getting up at at dawn to to do things it's um it's a complete change from from what we're used to but again as michael was saying it it strips away that veneer of you know of socialization and everything else and and you're just left with well what is life about and and what is important here and you know being there with the recognition that yeah that god is our king well, Jeremy, as we're talking about being uncomfortable, uh, when you signed up to do an extreme character challenge, uh, <laughs> did you realise it would be as, as uncomfortable as it was? I knew it wasn't going to be comfortable in that sense. I was going to say fun, but, but it was fun. It was great fun. But yeah, I knew it wasn't going to be comfortable, but I didn't know what exactly it entailed. I knew there was going to be hard work. There was going to be the hiking, the, the climbing, the stumbling about in the dark, that sort of stuff. But what exactly had no idea. 
Well, when I think of the Extreme Character Challenge, I'm assuming that you do the walking in the daytime and you're camping at night, but it's not. this is not a camping trip in the, in the same way. I can see everyone laughing around me here, but uh, come back to you for a second here, Michael. Yes. Uh, when it's an Extreme Character Challenge, uh, you're not running the regular nine-to-five clock on what you're doing with work. Uh, this is stuff that's happening, as I'm hearing, stumbling through the the bush in the dark. You know what the the program uh, the program has an element of a perception of danger. There's a little bit of stirring for a certain kind of exploration, and if you just add a dash of destruction, that is just the right recipe for man. All right. <laughs> That is just the right recipe for me. <laughs> okay. We'll continue this conversation in just a short while. For those listeners interested to find how to find out more about the next Extreme Character Challenge, you can go on to the website at thefourthmusketeer.com.au. That's thefourthmusketeer.com.au. Michael Earn is our guest. He's the CEO of The Fourth Musketeer Australia. And Jeremy Morse who is a musketeer, having completed the Extreme Character Challenges with us. We'll talk some more in just a short while. We're getting something of an update on the Fourth Musketeer Australia. Now, this is a men's ministry that takes men out of their comfort zone and puts them in a situation where they're in the wilds, where you're in the uncomfortable situation of needing to fend for yourself, but you're not there on your own. You're with a whole lot of other men, and there's a certain sense that brotherhood is rediscovered in men getting out into an extreme character challenge. Michael Oon is with us. He's the CEO of The Fourth Musketeer, and also one of those who's completed the extreme character challenge, who's renowned to be a musketeer. It's Jeremy Morse who's with us as well. Michael, when we talk about getting out into the wild, a whole bunch of men, and you had 50 men on the last extreme character challenge. Tell me about this brotherhood thing that you're talking about, because sometimes we're isolated from one another in our regular home life. What is so important about this rediscovery of brotherhood for men? I think I've seen a lot of men journeying together, and and it's interesting that um, when they go through hardship, particularly those who are less fit than the ones who are fitter, um, they think they're going to be in trouble. They think they're going to they're going to have it. They're going to do it harder than everyone else. But to, in many ways, the fitter ones will extend an arm and a hand and say and and, and pull these these men out from a very difficult climb. They would carry some of the the food pack, um, and uh, they would hold each other. They would encourage each other with encouraging words. And it's just amazing that. Uh, just naturally, without being prompted or asked or instructed, men just like to help each other when they, and when they see someone's in trouble. So this is where, you know, in, 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 when they go through the struggles and they journey this together, um, they start to build f- friendship. And in fact, they, they start to really look after each other or look out for one another and, and encouraging one another. Another word for that is camaraderie. And as you're talking about brotherhood and and this closeness for men. I mean, the image biblically comes to me of uh, 12 disciples following Jesus, uh, going through the tough times, uh, being there to watch one another's backs, uh, helping one another up. Is this part of what happens? Uh, is there an illustration you can draw from the discipleships? Yeah, we've got a guy who um, who was uh, in the last XCC, his, uh, his boots broke on the first day. And he thought that he would be laughed at, he'll be ridiculed at, and he will have a really tough time. 
But uh, there are just people coming in. They, they put tape around his boots, keeping an eye on him, making sure it's okay, took some of the weight off his pack, asking him how he's getting on. And throughout the journey, he's actually never felt so encouraged and so well looked after by the man. And it is just so amazing that, um, that you know, in, in a situation like this, um, back home and in, in with other friends, it, he, he would be treated quite differently. Jeremy, let me ask you about your experience. As Michael is reflecting on this camaraderie, this brotherhood, did you experience that yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we had a, a team. Uh, they split us all up into, into small groups, about eight or ten people. And, you know, from the start, I went into it not knowing anybody from my team. And um, over the course of those few days, um, you get to know people reasonably well. And, yeah, absolutely part of the part of the experience, part of, of, of the, the whole thing is to, to be there to bear each other's burdens um, and to be able to do what you can for, for, the, for the rest of the guys around you. Michael, when we talk about men separating themselves, doing an extreme character challenge, uh, there's, uh, there's extremes physically because you're putting men through their paces. Uh, you, there's extremes there because you might actually have to carry that brother whose shoes are damaged and he needs some help to get through. Uh, there's also the extremes of letting go of some of the vanity uh, that men can have. Sometimes when we think of vanity, we think of women, but uh, but men are very vain too. We let go th- some of those things that that are the masks that we wear. Uh, explain to us how how that's an, a part of the extreme challenge as well. I think generally most men um, are probably too proud to talk about their failures or their problems. When they encounter a situation where they are not able to um, resolve, they tend to try to do it on their own and they tend to keep very quiet and keep keep, keep it to themselves. Um, this is where I think um, a, lo- a lot of wives complain. I, I just, I just, I would pay a million dollars to know what's in your mind uh, when, when, when the husband goes through that. Similarly, in, in a situation like this, um, we've, we've all tried to put men through a lot of programs. But the main thing is that we have not invited a man to know and live from his deep heart. And where this program, what, what this program does with the Extreme Character Challenges is that it actually somehow, somewhere along the way, in the journey of that, that, that the four-day program, man opens up. And um, and we've seen a situation where there, there was a man who picked up a big rock, and we had this situation where we everyone's supposed to pick up a, a, a something that represents their burden. So this is a man who picked up this big rock, and we climb up to the summit of the mountain where we lay it down at the bottom of the cross. And this guy carried this big rock, and he brought some flowers on it. For the first time, I saw flowers, or daisies. He put it, and he, everyone just noticed. This is very different. Once he laid that rock with the flowers at the bottom of the cross, he broke down into tears. And you could, I, I, I just couldn't imagine such a big guy who was so fit and who, so, who seemed to have it all together. At that very moment, something inside him has been stirred. And later, he shared his testimony to say that he went home to South Africa to visit his mother who was very ill. And she got a bit better, and on the way back, the mother died. And she, he never really had a chance to do a proper funeral and be there. After three years, it's still in his heart. When he was out there with us, 
he felt that this is the moment where he's going to really, really bring this to closure. And for once, he really let it down, remembering his mother. And, and it was such a God moment for him. And for all of us, we just felt for this man. So you've got this Christian oversight. Uh, you've got testimonies being shared. Yes. And you've got opportunity for what we'd call a level of Christian ministry where those issues of the heart yes. can bubble to the surface. Yes. And those things that for a lot of men would be holding them back, uh, issues that they've been facing in the workplace, uh, issues of their family upbringing, perhaps even addictions that they're grappling with now. Yeah. These things come to the surface and in a circumstance where you're out in the wild, they're dealt with. It's like meeting with God uh, in a special isolated wilderness. That's very right, Neil. I think um, um, for each man, even though they go through the same uh, route and the same journey, they climb the same hill and they go through the same river, um, their experiences are very different. Uh, each one encountered God in a very different way. There was a guy who, before we even started, broke down. And uh, he just picked up the song lyrics. It's a, it, it, these are the worship songs we're going to sing. And it reminded him of, um, of the main song that he, they sang for his daughter's funeral who was just born a few days and, and brought that grief again to, the, to, the, uh, to his, to his um, awareness again. And he went through that four days realizing God's going to deal with him with a grievance that has not been resolved. And, and, and then there was a guy who throughout the whole journey felt nothing. In fact, wasn't very happy with the whole thing. And on the very last day when he's walking back to the car, he felt that all of a sudden everything just came onto him overwhelmed and knew all of a sudden, oh, I've been, I've been so negligent about the whole thing and how thankful and grateful he was he's done it. So we got, and then throughout different journeys with different men, each one gets a revelation from God in a very different way. Jeremy, when you reflect on your extreme character challenge, no doubt you've got some new friends for life potentially because of some of the experiences you went through uh, four days in the wild. Uh, do you see that as something that was life-changing for you? And uh, is that something that you've reflected on with some of your friends? Uh, yeah, I think when Mike was talking earlier about, about carrying your burdens up to the cross, um, for me that was, that was a big part of it, um, to, to take this you know, big lump of rock and, and to go up there and to share that with the other guys. You know, and, and there's this scope to, to share more or less, as, as you said, because it's a different journey for all of us. But, but to share that and to be able to share with the other guys and say, look, you know, this is part of where I'm coming from and this is part of what it's meant to me to be able to do this. And uh, again, for, for some it was to say, well, this is the burden that I was carrying and, this, and I've laid it down. And to be able to do that together and, and leave it there. You know, in the wilderness, um, you know, it's a bit like the scapegoat. You know, <laughs> it's gone out there and it and it's dead. Yep. Um, yeah. So it's been great. Well, I imagine there'll be people listening to our conversation now saying, "How can I get on the next extreme character challenge?" And I imagine that you'd be hearing from individuals, and I, I suspect some travelling quite distance to be part of what you're doing, Michael. But I guess you're open to men's groups in churches. Absolutely. Uh, you're, and, and men that would come from any different walk of life to be participants in this. Is there an age restriction? Um, I think if you're below 18 years old, you need to have parental consent. 
but then I think if you are way too young, uh, like if you're below 16, it'll probably be very awkward. Uh, you need to you need to be, you know, sufficiently um, what do you call mature enough to be part of this program. Yeah. Now, the next Extreme Character Challenge is coming up. It's on the 20th to the 23rd of April, and it'll be at the Scenic Rim in southeast Queensland. Last time you had 50 people. I think your numbers are likely to be bigger this time around. Uh, I'll point people to the website. The website for the 4th Musketeer Australia is the fourthmusketeer.com.au. So when you're typing that into Google, the fourth, and that's the number four in there, the fourthmusketeer.com.au. Michael Earn is the CEO of the Fourth Musketeer Australia, and we've also had the privilege of having Jeremy Morse in the studio with us. He's completed the Extreme Character Challenge. Gentlemen, thanks so much for sharing your hearts with us today, and uh, all the best for the next Extreme Character Challenge. Thanks, Neil. Thanks, Thank Neil. you so much. Yeah. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.